Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Good morning, Anthem. I am so excited to share this word with you today. We're going to be going through a series of talks called Heart Conversations. And today we're going to be focusing on God using moments of isolation to shift our perspective. This Heart Conversation is going to be entitled, What Are You Doing Here? In January of this year, 2020, there was a moment where I was in my third, starting my third month of training to attempt to run in the uh, World Masters uh, track and field in Toronto this year, which, you know, because of things that have happened, it's been canceled. However, I was training really hard and I had this situation happen where I found myself in the ER. I was in the emergency room strapped with all kinds of equipment and stuff connected to me and I was just in a panic that 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 was the last day like that was the end of my life and and I just remember the feeling of panicking and also just feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm alone in the hospital. <clears throat> and I could not help but ask the question, I'm, I'm not that old, what am I doing here? And I'm, I'm healthier than I've ever been before and, and making the right choices. How did I get in this situation? And I remember the hardest part of it all was not knowing when I would get out of there. I just had no idea when they would release me or let me go. And I'll say the, the mental war that was going on was actually worse than the actual stay that I was in there. Midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., in a room strapped to a bunch of equipment, just breathing and hearing the monitor beep. And that was just a moment that I began to just really question, what, how is this happening? Why am I in this situation? You know, I think we all struggle with uh, moments like this, maybe not as extreme as that, but we all face this at times. There's a disconnect between who we are and what is happening to us. We have been taught to think in the world in terms of cause and effect. I do this, I get this result. I do that, I get this result. But life rarely sticks to that plan. Or if it does, human beings don't have enough, a grand enough scope of all the moving parts to make up the reality that we experience. And as a result, we often wonder how we got into these predicaments. What does the Bible have to say about this? There is a, a character in the Bible that we're going to look at today that is really, really interesting. 
In 1 Kings, we come across a man named Elijah. And Elijah is a very powerful guy. He has just come out of a season of his life in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. He's come out of a season of his life where he has seen fire fall from heaven, supernatural miracles, and great victories, even when the odds were tremendously against him. He prays. It doesn't rain for three years. He prays again, and the, and the rain pours out of the sky. Chapter 18 concludes with him outrunning a chariot with just supernatural strength and ability. He's able to outrun chariots being pulled by horses uh, from one city to the next. This sounds like a very eventful season. He was very aware of the presence of God and felt and experienced God's power and assistance to accomplish everything on his plate. One of his enemies actually puts out a hit on his life and says, like, if he's alive in 24 hours, and, and, and this causes him to go into a panic, and he begins to flee for his life. He runs for his life, and Elijah of the Bible finds himself in a social distancing situation. He finds himself uh, practicing social distancing, and he is, uh, finds himself alone in a cave And when he gets there into this cave, God asks him a very simple question. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah responds with all the threats that he's facing and all the fears that he's going through with the difficulties of his past. And and he concludes that he is the very, he is the only one left. He goes through this, this moment of great, sadness and depression because he thinks that he's the only one left. He believes that that's the reason why he's there. Suddenly, he finds himself in isolation. He finds himself uh, with going into this place of isolation, maybe, I won't call it quarantine, but you can see the parallel that he has no time to prepare for. Now, what's funny about this is in our modern day, we have certain professions, say like an astronaut. If an astronaut was going to be preparing to go into space for an extended period of time, do you know that they take months and months to prepare them for the psychological effects of being alone? of being isolated, of of not having other people with and around you, of not having that social and emotional interaction, that connection and touch. Yet, he finds himself suddenly in this place of isolation. There are countless studies that confirm what God says in Genesis. And And what does he say? It is not good for man to be alone. The psychological impact of stress from being alone and its effect on health and our brain are far beyond what we could have ever imagined. At one point, Elijah even asked God to take his life away. He said, it's enough. Take take it. I'm, I'm done. 
because he believed that he was the only one left, the only follower of God left in his particular case. Have you ever felt like no one knew or understand what you were go- understood what you were going through? I'm in this all alone. Even amongst people feeling like you're isolated, different, and alone. This was Elijah. And we pick up in the in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 9. It says this. There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And if we take a closer look, let's just examine that for a moment. Was God actually asking to hear an answer? Do you think he was asking to cause, uh, to, to get an answer from Elijah to find out why he was there? Or do you think he was asking to get Elijah to examine his perspective? I, I will say this, when in the scripture, when God asks a question, it's often to reveal something about himself or to reveal something about us. For instance, Sarah, why did you laugh? This is one of the questions that gets asked in the Bible. He wasn't asking because he wanted to know. He follows up, is there anything too hard for God? Job, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Peter, do you love me? Jesus asked that to Peter. Do you love me? All of these questions are questions God knew the answer to, but instead he's asking these questions to begin to reveal something about himself or to reveal something about us in humanity. As a matter of fact, he asked Peter that question three times. Can you imagine being asked that question? Do you love me? Yes. (laughs) Hey, Peter, do you love me? Were, Were you not? Did you not hear? The answer is yes, of course I do, of course I do. But in this idea of God asking questions to humanity, it really caused these people to to have a shift in their perspective. As a matter of fact, as soon as Elijah answers the question, the Lord then responds by giving a set of instructions. He says, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So Elijah goes out and to the edge of the cave and he begins to observe. And here's what he sees. The wind begins to tear through the mountains. It tears the rocks apart. It's such a strong wind. And then there is an earthquake. And then there is fire. The earthquake shakes the ground and fire burns up every single thing. And the Bible says, but the Lord was not in them. He wasn't in them. Now, if you think about Elijah, the prophet of fire, if you think about Elijah in his past, I can imagine that these big demonstrations were things that Elijah associated with God's presence these huge things that were happening, but God was not in them this time. You know what? We 
are actually like Elijah. I wrote this, we are being challenged right now from our homes, right now, to evaluate how we have been experiencing the Lord. And I believe that God wants us to shift what we associate as being God from this season forward. God was not in the wind, though its natural effects were impressive. God was not in the earthquake, though he felt, though Elijah felt the, the earth move and God was not in the fire, though this was exactly what his very last victory looked like. God was not in it. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. He heard God outside of the noise, outside of the busyness, outside of the show and outside of the fight. And God asked a second time, what are you doing here, Elijah? My question for you today is outside of the threat of disease and everything that has unfolded in the natural, what do you think God has you in this moment for? What are you doing with this moment? Some would answer, getting a lot of Netflix watched. <laughs> <laughs> Some there, there are many individuals who are just trying to figure out ways to pass the time. And uh, I, several conversations that I've had, people are like, I'm so bored. I don't know what to do. And then there's other people that are actually working harder than ever. They have to be at work. They don't get any time off whatsoever. But in, out, outside of that, I want to ask the question, what do you think God has you in this moment for? God gave some very important instructions. He gave the next response. The next response from God was a set of instructions that I think that we can all grow from. Listen to this one. The very first thing that he told Elijah to do was to go back the way you came. You know what that means? No more running from those threats. No more running. No more being afraid. It is time for you to step into a place of purpose and destiny. Go back the way you came. Number two, there are some leaders that God instructed Elijah to go and to anoint and to set into place that there are some leaders. And you know what I hear from this? Number two, there are some leaders that have not stepped into their destiny and you are a necessary part of them being brought into their realm of influence and leadership. Number three, he encouraged and told Elijah to go find the person who was going to succeed him, and it, it was Elisha. Listen to number three. There is a person that is supposed to continue your work waiting for you to call them, and they are out there working hard in a field that is not part of their destiny. 
These are important instructions that we can really grasp and learn from. Number four, you are not alone. You are not alone. Just You just don't see all the moving parts that are involved in what is happening right now. The Lord said to Elijah, I have reserved 7,000 people. You're not the only one. There's 7,000 who have remained true to the Lord. So these are these instructions that, that God gave to Elijah. And so my question to you today is, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing? What do you think God has you in this season for? I think there's a couple of aspects that we can grasp and glean from this. The first one is, God just might have you today, you in this situation, because you may have needed rest. I'm reminded as I was studying, as I was studying, I was reminded of Psalms 23, verse 2, which says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he causes us, makes us come to places where we experience rest. Some people needed to just get some, catch up on some, some, some sleep and some rest and, and re, relearn the art of how to rest, how to take a Sabbath how to allow the the land in your life to rest. I'll just give a plug right now for our 30 days of meditation and prayer, which is called pause. And it is a very, uh, very specific tool that is pieced together to help you to take a moment from your Netflix binging or whatever else you're doing and <laughs> take a moment in your day and to just pause and to really remember the Lord and, and it's set to music. I believe that it's going to be really encourage, encouraging. So check that out. You'll see it come out each day during this month. And if you're just now finding out about it, you can actually go find it on our other aspects of social media. I believe you can find it on YouTube as well. But these are moments to begin to practice how to pause. Number two, nourishment and strength. Earlier in the chapter, uh, God sends an angel and the angel uh, actually talks to Elijah and says, get up and eat for the journey is too great for you. And I want to say to you today that the journey that you have on the other side of what we're facing, it's bigger than you imagine. And you're going to need the right amount of nourishment and strength. And I'm sure that there's plenty of people, if I were sitting at home and watching right now, I would think about, wait a minute, I think I've had a little too much nourishment. I've been, I've been overactive fork syndrome, right? I've been lifting like this. But This is not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about the nourishing of your soul and and taking a moment because the strength that you're going to need for this next season is extremely important. It's extremely crucial. Get up and eat for the journey is too great for you. 
Number three, this one really grabbed me. An intimate encounter with God. Why do you think God has you in this season? For an intimate encounter with God. And, and if you look back and look closely at the scripture, it says that after the wind, after the earthquake, after the fire, after all of these things, that Elijah heard a still small voice. He heard a gentle whisper. If I were going to, if I were going to go into a different area or room in my house and I were going to try to talk to somebody in my family and I I was speaking with a gentle whisper, they would not hear me. This idea of a gentle whisper just in its nature implies that there was an extremely close proximity, that the Lord would be so close that he could whisper and that he, Elijah was able to hear it. A gentle whisper came. This picture of a, a closeness with God. I believe that is something that the Lord is, is positioned Elijah for, to get a greater degree of closeness and also us, where we are and what we're going through right now, to, to, to experience a greater closeness. Number four, a perspective shift for the next season of life. A perspective shift. Let's look at it for a moment. At what point did Elijah recognize that God was not in the wind? What was the moment when he recognized this? I'm just playing this back in my head. You know, it takes about 10 seconds to read through the entire story or through that couplet of, of verses. But in truth, the time that it took for the wind to tear the rocks of the mountains apart, I. I can just imagine Elijah hears that the Lord is about to pass by and then the wind starts blowing and it starts tearing the rocks apart. And he's like, yeah, he's coming. Here it is. All right. Here it is, God. Here it is, God. And then the wind dies down. Are you here? Are you here, Lord? And he realizes God wasn't in the wind. Oh, and then the ground starts to shake. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, okay. I see what you're doing here, God. I see what you're doing. The ground starts to shake. This is definitely going to be him. This is him. Here we go. All right. I'm so excited for you to come by, pass by. I, I want to I see what you're doing. Uh, come and help me. Bail me out of this situation, God. And the earthquake ends and God is not in the earthquake same thing happens with the fire. He's like, oh, this looks familiar. I remember this. Okay, I remember the last time I, I cried out to you and you answered by fire. This is surely the Lord. What kind of emotions must have been going on with him? Were there disappointments that he was facing and dealing with in, after three separate incidents that would that seem that would be really familiar to him as far as how he was used to experiencing God. However, God was not in those events. There was a, 
there, there was something else. There was another aspect in which God wanted Elijah to shift his perspective of what, of, of how God would function and how God would move. Number five is to clarify the mission. God gave some very powerful and important instructions for the answer, what do I do next, God? Some of you are at home right now saying, what do I do next? What am I supposed to do next? And do you realize that God gave, after he was able to shift that perspective and create this moment where, oh, I do recognize I am seeing God in this situation. I'm seeing God in this moment. God began to release supernatural insight that he would have had no way of knowing. He would have no way of knowing who to, what leaders to go set into place. No way of knowing who was going to come alongside of him and help him complete and finish his work. This is the kind of mission clarifying moments that we need and that you need to be seeking right now. In addition, I just want to talk about I want to I, I just want to point toward this in a greater in a way, in a greater way. Take a moment today to hear God, to hear God's word to you asking this question. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? What area do you need to consider the most? Are you needing to step into a place of rest? Are you needing uh, to step into a place of nourishment? Are you trying to do this on your own strength? And, and are you trying to do this on your own strength and sufficiency? Do you need to make a decision to draw closer to God and to hear him? Do you need a perspective shift rather than, oh no, this is the end. Do you need to shift your perspective to, wow, this is the beginning. This is the start of one of the most powerful seasons of my life. Do you need God to clarify to, to bring back into, into your forefront of your vision uh, what his mission is? Do you need to sit down and listen for God to spark something in you and remind you of what really matters? Well, how, how can we all live this out together? Just imagine what would happen in your home, in your neighborhood, our community and our church, our city, our nation, if everyone were to be prepping for the most impactful season of their lives. There would be inventions and solutions. There would be possibilities beyond what we could ever conceive if all of America got a few months off from work to, to pursue their passions and to revise their dreams. The big pivotal piece in all of this is a perspective shift though. How do you see what is happening to you right now? How will you use it? And why, ask yourself, why am I here in this moment? Why, why are you here, Elijah? Finally, finding God and hearing God where you haven't before. Finding God in your living room, in your car, your room, in your cave, 
in your kitchen, your backyard, your bathroom, you name it, hearing the still small voice that speaks truths that are congruent with his word, his love, and instructing you on things outside of your own scope. You may be saying, I feel very distant from God. I can't hear the Lord, and I don't know why I'm here in this situation. Well, we're going to take a second, and we're going to pray. And we're going to believe for God to really open up this moment and shift perspective in your life. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org. God bless.